T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All the news you need for your day and the sports music and podcasts you love are all on the free Odyssey app. Download it now. WTIC. Susan in Bristol. Hello, Susan. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Um, I, I wanted to uh, say to you I'm very uh, disappointed in uh, the way you spoke to that man. Why is that? Who called you earlier. You stooped to his level. And, uh, you know, this all comes down to... Uh, values and morals, and nobody has any. And I don't blame that man for being depressed or whatever you want to call it. But how can you do a job for this United States without having any morals or values? I I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, you don't know what morals and values are? No, the question. You you asked a question, and I, I'm not sure what the question. Who are you asking the question to, and, and what what's the context of the question? I don't get it. What question did I ask you? How can you do a job without any morals and values? I, I oh, don't know how that oh, question is okay. relevant to what, what we're talking about okay, here. Okay, yeah, I, I hear you, I hear you. I'm talking about... Uh, your elected officials. I'm talking about your doctors that that lady was just talking about having to, uh, uh, someone else step in and or the insurance company say no, we're not going to pay for it, so you yeah. can't do it. No, you're right. That's and and uh, how do you, and you can raise it to the next level. How do you have morals if you live in a society in which huge amount, the largest amounts of money in the history of mankind are taken by our government and used to corrupt systems that might have been moral because but no longer have the privilege all evil say it again money is the root of all evil no i don't th- i disagree with that i i think you're close but but i think it's power is the problem it's centralized power that well, has money no money gives you power dear it, it does yes but only if you can steal the amounts of it that the government does and lie to people and cheat to get it so the corruption comes first they use the money to perpetuate and propagate their corruption and what we have to realize is it's not money. The money is an exchange tool that we use to exchange value. 
and it's a beautiful thing. Money is beautiful because it, it's used to demonstrate respect for human ingenuity and effort. The tragedy is corrupt centers of power. And right now, government, and I think probably in all of human history, government is the most evil force there is and the most dangerous one. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's government. That's that's my opinion. I just I just revised that for you. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We're going to get a traffic update. Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Then we'll talk more about it. Marcus, what's on your mind? It's the Todd Feinberg Show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk ten eighty. WTIC, good afternoon. Glad that you are here so we can talk about what's happening in the world together. Yeah, I get a little riled up sometimes, but I do that in order that I can reveal what I'm actually feeling sometimes. Because sometimes I think it's needed. Sometimes we need the clarification of other people's emotions to um, figure out what ours are. And sometimes we need to hear the arguments a little more forcefully so they penetrate. There are, there are so many lies that are told, so many stories that are told. Uh, the basis of our conversation was um, was a New York Times report this morning about the theft that occurred. How much money was robbed of the trillions of dollars that were dumped into the marketplace back in during COVID? And the government was just so excited to grab power. You remember how Jolly Ned grabbed years' worth of, uh, of, of uh, emergency powers, even though the emergency, remember in advance, it, we just need it for two weeks, a week, two weeks, three weeks, just so we can flatten the curve. Then somehow the curve was around for a couple of years, and it, it required trillions of dollars to pay for that curve. And what they did by grabbing so much money and squandering so much money and just dumping it willy-nilly, which continues to pollute our politics today. Jolly Ned is running as if he's some kind of boy wonder genius for having saved the state because the federal government sent $6 billion to the state of Connecticut. That allows Jolly Ned, the useless person that he is, who has no interest in being governor at all except because he likes be getting pats on the back. And he's running for re-election because the federal government dumped money into the state that he's claiming is a result of his genius that we're in good financial con condition for a few months before the tragedy of the bad financial condition today permeates everybody's consciousness. Before the you know what finally hits the fan his he views his job now is to con you into not seeing what reality is for another few months another several weeks so he can get reelected this is the corrupt force of government bob and waterbury hi how you doing todd i listen to your show on sunday mornings and there's a priest or a father or what i'm not a big religious guy on my but, show uh, Oh, well, not your show, but WTIC. Oh, you listen to the station on Sunday mornings. Yes, yes and what did yes, you hear? I'm sorry. And uh, he, he said one of the mis most misquoted quotes of the Bible 
are money is the root of all evil. Really? And he went on to explain that's not what the verse says in the Bible. What did he the say love, it says? The love of money. The love of money. The root of all evil. Mm -hmm. That's um, an important clarification, isn't it? Exactly. And then the, the priest or the father, whatever, went on and said, uh, civilization needs money. But the love of money, when all you care about is money, that's where the problems happen. That's I, I'm so appreciative of you having listened on Sunday morning so you could bring us well, that no, little bit of news. I listened to this and it was just it was just last Sunday morning. The lady just before said that and I said, I gotta call in. I mean yeah. I'm not a big religious dude, but then the guy the priest father went on the he goes, Money, we need money. But if all you do is love money, that's the root of all evil. Yes. Well, that that's a really critical clarification. That that differentiation is big. It's a couple of words. Like, yes. Uh, um, but it changes man, the man. whole meaning. There's nothing evil yeah, about not. money. Money is a okay. beautiful tool. That, that, you know, it's like saying uh, that that uh, hammers are the root of all evil because some people hit their fingers with them. No, well, that's the, the misuse of the hammer. Well, at the end of the Pledge of Allegiance, they say amen. And, you know, uh, I forgot what his name is. It says, wouldn't, uh, Charlie Daniels say, wouldn't that be now this... Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance is a, a you can't say it anymore because it says amen or something like that. But well, anyhow, that's, uh, that's just stupid. Yeah, I hear you. All right, I just wanted to clarify that for the people that say money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's all evil. Thank you for the clarification, Bob. We stand corrected. The whole culture stands corrected by that. It, because these, um, that's why I don't like cliches. And I don't like people repeating stuff because they've heard it and, and maybe not even thought about it. There's nothing wrong with money. There's, wrong with there's something wrong with people who think that they are somehow improved as humans by the fact that they have money. Money is simply a tool we use to exchange services for value. And we need that. And by the way, having money is what began the march out of poverty for mankind. Hi, who's this? You're on the air. Go ahead. You're live. Don't want to? Let's try it again. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Mike. How are you? Mike, what's happening? I am. Turn down that radio, would you? I'll come back to you when you turn that down. David Simsbury, hi. Hi, how are you? What's up? Um, hey, I don't, I've never called before. I'm glad you did. Yeah, the only other time I called a radio station when I was 10, I called the Red Sox, uh, WHCH. So you're my first in like 50 years. Wow. Okay, and yeah. once every 50 years is okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so go so, ahead. This is a big moment. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so anyway, you know, I, you know, I, I tend to lean towards the conversations that we're hearing here. Uh, I don't listen to the station a lot. I choose to listen more to, you know, friends from uh, all different angles. Okay. And while I agree with a lot of the conversation that I'm hearing here, mm -hmm. that, you know, I heard you say something to the effect, I was out shopping, I heard you say something to the effect of, you know, what are the big issues? What are the hot button issues that are going to turn in the next, uh, you know, month or two? And I, I think it's way beyond that. And um, what I wanted to do is just have a conversation about, you know, there's a glue about all the things, the issues that you're talking about, like the economy, crime, national security, you name it. 
And the glue is, you know, common sense, uh, critical thinking, um, and also decency and trust. And that if I were either party, you know, and like I said, I, I definitely agree with most of the concepts that I hear here, but, you know, critical thinking, you have your own mindset. You know, both parties, and I, in this case, I, you know, I think the Republican Party, they should be focusing in on, you know, on the trust issue. And do you really trust what you hear about the economy? You know, there's just, uh, you know, something came out on crime. And, you know, I talk to friends across the board from all different angles. They always have. And we all get along. But does the people really feel as safe as they used to? You know, like I talk to people that are on the highways and they go, this is crazy. You know, people, you know. You mean the fact that the highways aren't patrolled anymore? Exactly. So, you, mm-hmm. know, you know, think about it, critical thinking. So if you talk with people that are really thinking things through, well, you know, is the crime rate really going down or is it that crime is being overlooked? Yeah, well, de- like it's definitely the overlooked, field. sure. Yeah. But, you know, these, these concepts, a lot of what I'm spending my time doing is trying to shake people off of their sense that, of, of understanding how things work. Because there is this trust of, uh, I mean, you're talking about the need for trust. I think we need more mistrust because people have an inclination naturally as humans because we are naturally good and we are naturally um, accepting of other people who don't violate certain really basic norms, then we assume that they're good people. So politicians, for example, slip into these skins of goodness that hide the, um, the, the deadly snake underneath, and people fall for that. And I just feel like people need a big wake-up call because most of the conversation now is driven by the political class, and they talk about how much compassion they have and how much they love everybody, and they bring people up on stage who've suffered, and they want to end their suffering. And that's all thats all just smoke and mirrors. It's a big con. Okay, you want me to respond to that? If you wish. Okay. I, You know, I think building anything up on mistrust, I think that what you, you know, if I were building it, I would say, and this would be on anything I've ever done in my life, is that I would say that what you'd want to do is build up the trust in yourself before you start, you know, and you have your show so people know you. But, you know, if you start to uh, work off the basis of mistrust without building up your own trust, um, you know, you're not building up the critical thinking towards the message that you're trying to Yes, but so for a political candidate, I agree with you. Anybody running for office is making a mistake who's not building a, a familiarity with the fact that they're serious people and they're truth tellers. And because there is, as you're pointing out, a serious lack of truth. I'm totally with you there. But uh, yeah. that's part of one of the ways you build up trust is by pointing out for people, I think, uh, where they're getting, where they're making logical errors, where they are, there is a critical lack of critical thinking. You can demonstrate that for people. And then they say, okay, there's somebody I can trust. Yeah, I, I think critical thinking is a huge issue because what's happened is you have uh, you have these forces that have got a vested interest and they're and they're 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 have it built into their into their DNA that they're going to take they're going to take their vested interest and get you to swing that way yes. and to believe it so that you know critical thinking you know to just take it and just uh, you know accept it you have to always consider the source and. Again, yeah, but, but how do you take somebody, Dave, who's been in adulthood for a number of years and built certain uh, protocols of, of judgment, you know, ha- habitual yeah. 
responses to things. And how do you how do you get them to relearn? It, that's a really difficult well, thing, don't you think? So I think it's how you frame it. It's like um, if you were to say, for instance, before you go into the voting booth, just take a look in the mirror. Does your mom, does your dad feel safer, you know, when they go out to the car at night and they go into, go into the store? Do you feel better for them? Do you feel better for yourself? Do you feel better for your kids? Just ask yourself the question. I'm not telling you. What the answer is. is. Just ask yourself the question. Yeah, don't tell people what the answer is because that's not critical thinking. So just a little thing like, do you really believe that the economy is is in the right direction? Do you really believe, and I'm going to throw this out there, do you really believe that Joe Manchin is really, you know, a smart guy? You know, he just, uh, you know, know, uh, inflation just got knocked down. These people have an agenda. So, but you have to, you can't tell people, you know, unfortunately, What's happened is we have been able to tell people because we're not doing a lot of critical thinking. You know, quite frankly, the media is uh, so um, uh, diverse now that the messaging there. You know, it's not a common message over you know yes. several platforms like an oligopoly. It's it's all over the place. So you know, people have got all these opinions and they think they're they got the right one, but they're not. It, it's not being discussed enough. So I think that you know, if you're being told how to think, you know, those aren't the kind of people I think that. You know, I would try to attract people to be thinking, oh, hey, be your own thinker. That's Absolutely. how I frame it. All right, Dave, I've got to hold you right there. I really appreciate you calling once every 50 years. Well, come back in 25. Don't wait that long, okay? Appreciate hearing from you. Rob, hi. Hello, hello Rob. Yes, hello, Todd. I just, I was just going to say, um, I don't know, do you have a retainer? A retainer? You mean, am I slurring my words? My teeth being straight? No, no, no. Uh, As far as a lawyer. Uh, For what? Uh, What you're saying, you're going to, you know, you're causing some trouble, I think, and you better be careful because... Who's going to sue me? Oh, no, they're not going to sue you. They're just going to arrest you. Oh, I see. <laughs> and, and I mean, I mean, you could say, I mean, I mean, you know, whatever, not resorting to Alex Jones theory or whatever. But what you're talking is the truth. But some people don't want to hear it. Well, that's true. But, but I'm but I'm not uh, I, I ha- I'm not specifically violating any laws. I am, in uh, fact, yeah, but they could be. You, some people could be offended, and uh, you may have well, to. Uh, you know, I mean that. That's where Alex. Like, I've heard. Yes, but Alex goes up to the line and he scapes at it and uses steel wool trying to erase oh, it. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. But I'm, I'm respectful of Rose, the lines because Rose O'Donnell was saying something, and and the View back when nine when nine eleven happened. And she said that there's no way that those buildings burned. You know, it's steel. Is that what got her fired? I, I don't know about that. But uh, so now if Alex Jones is responsible for giving rhetoric, can she be held responsible or ABC? Well, because I did hear it and it, it is on. Uh, it was recorded and everything. Yeah. Rob, I appreciate your concern. And I thank you for mentioning the the. Uh... There are lines, and I I don't feel like it's necessary to go anywhere near where the lines are because the lying and the cheating and the disgusting squandering of money is so enormous. The way we get ripped off and conned is so big that I don't have to get specific. Everybody understands. They know what this stuff is. Of course, someday they'll be coming for us, and we never know where that day is because it's all— 
break. They're doing their best to make it break down. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Thank you, sir, for the call. Did you know that now you can listen to WTIC and all of your favorite teams, stations, shows, and even podcasts all on the Odyssey app? Download it now. How many times today did that ad play? Six? Half dozen times, but Victor Victor doesn't know what's wrong with uh, Bob Stefanowski. never hears his ads. Nothing nothing here on WTIC for Bob. How about that? 860-522-9842. Let's talk with Don. Hello, Don. Hello. Can you hear me? No. What did you say? I said hello. <laughs> uh, <coughs> excuse me. The, uh, the gentleman before was mentioning the critical thinking. Yes. And the critical theory. Well, there's also there's another side to that because the the, the Democrats provide tons of uh, the other side or whatever, whatever you want to call them provide tons of disinformation when they say that oh well whatever that science was was incorrect and it was disinformation when they call something disinformation I believe that's political pollution. Mm-hmm. Just like the person was uh, earlier was talking about critical theory. The other side of it is disinformation and political pollution. Uh, the I listened to the well. That's why that's why we need the the critical thinking so we can well, be analytical. Because most of these cons they're running against us are pretty cheap cons. They're they're simple little lies that get told. In, in in terms of Ned, for example, Ned does his lies by omission. He does it by attitude. He does it, he acts like he's sincere. He acts like he cares for people. And, right. well, and people have to be smart enough not to fall for that. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just say most politicians play the same game. It's really it's really difficult to find honest, um, true politicians in anywhere you look. It's, you know, I thought I really thought that when the Constitution was written, it was 
it was not allowed to be a lawyer and a politician at the same time. I'm pretty sure that's written somewhere. That, well, I don't, I don't think so because, uh, you know, early on there were attorneys. I, I can't remember the founders, but Abe Lincoln was a working lawyer when he ran for Congress the first time. Oh, I think the, well, I think the idea was just that they were going to go for a term or two and then go back to it. their jobs. Everybody could do the far, the farmers and exactly, the courts. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody had the opportunity, right? That's America is the land of opportunity, and the Democrats are taxing. Our lives, every which way, including sideways, every time we turn around, uh, the example. Back but if you think about it, Don, there is so much price. There is so much money now. They have grown the government so much. That's the part that wasn't allowed. There was not supposed to be big central government. That is antithetical to the, um, the notion of um, the American system. The power is supposed to be in the hands of the people. If you have people running up... Tr- trillion dollar giveaways just to buy votes then how do the people maintain their control over the government if you have huge federal agencies that make all the decisions instead of our elected officials then how do we maintain control now back to the todd feinberg show live from the nj diet studios on wtic news talk 1080 Go ahead, give us the vocal. Come on, Joey. Belt it out. You can't listen to this without the vocals. It's amazing how bad the backing music sounds without the singer. It's the singer we listen to, isn't it? All right, let's talk to uh, former State Senator Len Suzio, then we'll take some more phone calls. Hello there, Leonardo. Well, hello there, Todd. Now tell me, did you miss me last week when I was out of state or not? Are you kidding? I'm still angry about you leaving me flat like that. (laughs) What was I supposed to do? You're so cavalier about it. Oh, I won't be available. Just like that. (laughs) Well, All the money we pay you. Yeah, but I had to go rescue some bankers up in uh, Massachusetts, uh, uh, and they paid the bill. So that's why I had to put my attention. Well, that's good. I, I hope they gave you a ton of money. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Are you, does that so, mean you've uh, you've not been paying much attention to what's going on in the state? Because we do have a campaign going on here, elections coming up. You familiar with all that? Oh, yes, yes. And uh, I, I've been able to listen in on some of the show today. Not all of it, but some of it. I know people were talking about Stefanowski and his campaign and what he's doing wrong and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I've, I've heard that. Uh, you know, I know Bob Stefanowski personally. I was um, the first public, uh, publicly elected official to endorse him back in 2017, the year before the 2018 election. Mm-hmm. He had been recruited by Tom Scott to run for governor at that point in time, and uh, Tom had introduced me to him, and I was duly impressed. And I said, I'd be happy to come out and endorse him, which I did at the time. Uh, I, I would have to say there's been some disappointments that I've had with, with Bob, but uh, nevertheless, he still is the better choice between himself and Lamont. That's well, sure. you think? Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I offered to help Bob out with his campaign uh, and I could have, and still could in certain ways, 
uh, he indicated he was receptive to that, but I haven't heard back from him, and that was back in March and April. So you know what I, I find with Bob is that he um, he's such a hands-on guy that he gets yeah. he gets overwhelmed by how much there is to do, and he works constantly. I've never seen a guy yeah. work harder. He's always working, <clears throat> but but I think he gets overwhelmed because he doesn't delegate. He wants to uh, you know he wants every detail to to be checked by. Either he or his wife, or both, and and uh, he and Amy, you know, it's their campaign. It's not like they hand it off to consultants or anything. Yeah, well, you know, Bob is striving to be in the middle, uh, you know, so he can appeal to a broader base of voters than just the people on the conservative side, etc. And he's allowed himself, unfortunately, to be put on the defensive on some issues that he shouldn't be defensive about. That he could actually turn the tables on. Ned Lamont, if you wanted to take the hot button issue of abortion, for example. Now, the Democrats feel they've got a winning hand there. They're pro-choice and all this and that. And so they're blasting it all over the state. Uh, they're, they're not running from it at all. And when it comes up to Bob, he's kind of defensive about it. He, he's pro-life, but, you know, and, and he supports the present uh, laws in Connecticut. But what he should be doing is saying, look at two things. One is I am opposed to Teenagers, 12, 13, 14 year old girls getting abortions in Connecticut without their parents even knowing about it. Mm -hmm. I would like to see a parental notification law passed before. Yeah, I, I think that I think back when it happened, that's exactly what he said. So maybe he did yeah. listen to you. Yeah. And, 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 and moreover, he could say, look, it, I understand people disagree about what the, the legislation should be regarding this. But look, it, I believe at some point in time uh, during uh, gestation in the womb, the baby growing in the womb should be protected. Maybe 15 weeks like uh, uh, Lindsey Graham proposed or whatever. Most people don't uh, support abortion on demand for any reason whatsoever at any time of pregnancy right up to the moment of birth, which is the, the Lamont's position, basically. The thing so, you're again, pointing out, I, I think, is that that's how real people are on abortion. The people yeah. who are pro-choice are somewhat pro-choice and the people who are pro-life are somewhat pro-life or most of the time pro-life there there yeah. is more gray area there than the simple binary that people campaign on indicates yes and and todd if you're in the defensive in politics you're losing right so you've got to take issues and turn them around on your opponent like i was just saying so Force Lamont to come out, demand that he come out and to, yes. to, to say that he supports abortion for any reason whatsoever, any time during pregnancy, including 13 and 14 year olds being able to have an, a, a surgical abortion without their parents knowing. Demand that he answer that. Keep coming in. instead of being on the defensive, like, well, I support the present law, et cetera. So this is said in the genuine interest in trying to get Bob to understand how politics work. I'm a business person just like. Uh, Bob is, you know, you're mm -hmm. trained to be unemotional and make a rational, objective decisions with minimum amount of feeling. But what motivates people in politics is emotion. You've got to be able to appeal to things that tug you're saying what hard. causes people to want to vote for you. That's right. And, and you know, it's not enough to to, to uh, attack your opponent. That although that's important, you have to do that and point out why Governor Lamont isn't suited to be governor for another four years but then you've got to give them reasons to support you and yes. again you have to appeal to uh to the heart so uh like again take something like uh, you and i've talked about this before and a number of times and i've mentioned it to bob i said take the cost of electricity which is uh, it's it just absurdly high in connecticut it's like the 
the second highest in the continental United States. And why? Well, uh, it's re- it's largely due to the politics here in Connecticut and and policies and laws enacted by the politicians in Hartford that have inflated the cost of electricity to the point where it's it, right there is number two in, in the entire United States. And and the proof in the pudding, Todd, and you and I talked about this back a few months ago, is he should get up in front of the cameras with two bills, an Eversource bill and a bill from Wallingford Electric. And you'll see that the Eversource bill is twice as much as the Wallingford Electric bill, but mm-hmm. it's the same electricity coming from the same place. Why? Because the Wallingford Electric people don't have to pay all these add-ons that the legislature mandates. That's what's driving it. And, and that's a kind of solid um, uh, what I'm, uh, concrete evidence that uh, it, it, Bob's not just making a claim. He can back it up and support it with real evidence. And, you know, look, you can hear – and Bob, the other thing is this, and, uh, and I'm saying this again with encouragement to him, not trying to discourage him. But you have to have feeling in your voice. And, you know, like you hear me, I get, when I get going like I am right now, I get passionate about it. Bob comes across as kind of just unfeeling about it. I'm not saying he isn't sincere. I'm just saying people read, listen to what you say and how you say it. And Bob has got to learn to inject more uh, emotion, more energy into his. Not everybody has the blessing of being born Italian. Well, that's true. But you can learn that kind of a thing. Todd, I had an experience yesterday, literally yesterday. I was at the town dump. Great place to meet people, by the way. What a <laughs> so nice way to start a sentence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at the town dump, and this guy's there, uh, and he's next to me, and he's unloading his leaves, and that's what I was doing, unloading leaves and you know that kind of thing. And uh, so he, he knows who I am. I don't know who he is, but he starts talking to me, and, and he said, ah, he said, that candidate of yours, I said, who, who, which candidate? He said, oh, you know, the guy, the guy running for governor. He couldn't remember Bob's name, you know, the mm-hmm. Polish Stefanowski. And he said, he doesn't know. How. And now, this is a guy who said he's, he told me he's independent. OK, so I take his word for it. He's not a Democrat or whatever. And he's not a Republican. And he said he he doesn't know how to run a campaign. This is a guy who's now I know everybody's a campaign expert. Right. And all that. But still, here's this is the guy, the independent vote that Bob's got to appeal to. And to this guy, at least he wasn't appealing. And it wasn't because his message was wrong. It was just he isn't getting the message. He didn't like the style of this guy. What's that? He, he was making a stylistic attack along the lines of what you're saying. It wasn't emotional. Yeah, enough. He, he's just he, he he was basically saying he has no passion. Uh, that's really what his criticism was. So, you, you know, Bob may, may feel unnatural. And, you know, it's against all your training. When you go to business school, they say, get the emotions out of the decision making. Try to be as objective as possible. And that's good in business. But in politics, when you're trying to convince, actually, you know, when I think about it, it's not just true in politics. If you're in the, in the military, you're trying to get people to follow you into battle. You, you, you gotta, you've got to get them Well, you're, uh, you're conflating, I think, decision-making and, and salesmanship. And, mm-hmm. and so you need emotion to uh, drive people to want to support you, and you need cold calculations to make good decisions. And you need to be able to yeah. communicate through both of those lenses, I think. Yeah. Which I take, think, take, um, you know, to be fair to Bob, I think um, he does do both of these things at times, and and that um, he, he's heard all this, and everybody's telling him this stuff all the time. So it's not that he doesn't know. It's like you've told him, and you say, you know, you wish you were getting more more uh, reinforcement from him that, that he was listening to what you're saying, but I think he hears everything everyone tells him. There's just so much 
bandwidth you can absorb, I assume, yeah. when you're at the center of a campaign for governor and everyone's telling you all the time. He was yeah. what was he what was he talking about? I forget what it was. He gave out he was on the air and he gave out his phone number the other day. And his personal number? <laughs> yeah. And it was oh, I know, I had him in studio last week. And yeah, he in the middle of it somebody was uh making a similar complaint that you were making and, and he yelled out his phone number and <laughs> said, Call me and we'll figure it out. And uh Oh my gosh. So so I think he tends to be open to people and yeah. absorbs a lot of incoming advice and and uh, it all bangs around in his head and it drives him a little nuts deciding which way to go and i think the the trouble is when you come from another world and yeah. then you you step into politics and you have to um make decisions that politicians make which are different you know a campaign is a very visceral thing there's oh yeah the, a campaign has this three-dimensionality to it that only you can see Right. When you're running yeah. or, or when you're working every day on a campaign. And it's amazing how the slightest shift in momentum or trends is tangible and vivid to the people who are doing it every day. And nobody else yeah. knows about that. So that's I think that's true. a new thing and still hard maybe for him to deal with. Yeah. Well, again, I remember uh, uh, in, you know, his first campaign, he made mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes the first time you do something. Uh, the the thing is, do you learn from your mistakes? And you and I are talking about that. And again, I'm someone I'm going to vote for Bob. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But um, I do think he could do better in his campaigning. And that's not said from the point of view of being critical to just to be critical. It's to to try to be helpful and try to draw his attention to, uh, you know, his, um, you know, to his campaign and to being making it a successful campaign. But uh, Tom Foley who ran twice, another guy with a similar background, business background, mm -hmm. wealthy guy who made a lot of money in business. He, in his second campaign, you'd think he'd run a better campaign. He ran a worse campaign the second time around than he did the first time around. And both times he lost by a razor's edge. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like, but, I, I uh, let me just throw one other thing out there. Cause I think sure. I find this happens to me where I think that the campaign is something that maybe I, I acquired the data for three weeks ago or two weeks ago or a month ago. Like I'm running behind and suddenly I'll see an ad and I'll find out, Oh, that ad's been out there for a couple of weeks and I didn't notice it, you know? So uh, what I think is a big part of the complaining about the way Bob campaigns has to do with people talking about what was going on a month or two ago and that he's actually at a whole different mm -hmm. place right now. Like if you listen to the, did you hear the ad we're playing that we played at 410 today? Did you hear that one? No, I didn't hear that. It's a hard-hitting ad, and people think, oh, Bob isn't tough enough. Well, he's got some tough ads out there, and he's making tough statements. He was in the debate, uh, was that yesterday or the day before? The day before, I guess. Where, you know, he was t telling Ned to stop lying about his record, and and, mm -hmm. and he's he's a much tougher guy than he was at the beginning of the summer or the, in the middle of the summer. Mm -hmm. So you also have to make sure you're up to date on where things are in the moment, and it's hard to do mm -hmm. when you're out there making all the bundles of money that you are, Len. <laughs> I'm not making as much as Lamont or Stefanowski, I can tell you that. <laughs> or you. You're big time in radio. I know that. Yes, that's why we uh, we pay you so much to be on, on call for us. So don't let us down in the future, okay? <laughs> well, Todd, it's always I always have a good time talking with you. And I like, honestly, I like the fact that you're not a softball interviewer. I like the fact that you challenge 
me to, to justify what I'm saying. And, and I think that's what makes you such a good radio show uh, talk show host and attracts a lot of people to listen to you, Todd. Oh, good. I'm glad you got the memo on sucking up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, you don't. I mean, anybody who listens to you, you are you ask good, direct questions and, uh, and and you don't make the mistake of somebody like Hannity where you give a five minute opinion and then, you know, give your, your guests 30 seconds to answer the, the, the five minute question. Uh, you, you give your guests plenty of time to answer uh, and either come out with a good answer or make mistakes and step on their own feet. Len Susio, glad you were back this week. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Absolutely, Todd. I'm going to listen for that ad. When's it running next? Oh, I don't, Joey, do you have your list handy? A future air? <laughs> jo- Joey will yell it out when uh, when, when I want to hear. I'm going to listen and tell uh, announce when the next Bob Stefanowski ad is going to be, and I'll make sure I'll be listening. You know, we, we had a guy call in yesterday who was the reason we were talking about it, and Joey looked it up. It was the guy who was on the air talking about it. he is doesn't hear Stefanowski anywhere. He hasn't been on this station all day. I haven't heard him. So Joey looks it up, and he was on six times today with an ad. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes the perceptions are not quite in sync. Thank you, sir. Good to talk with you. We will announce that when we have it. Maybe we'll do tomorrow's schedule. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We'll do the rants in the next hour. Take more phone calls. And then Reese Hopkins joins us. The last bit of the show. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 